Hey y'all, happy Tuesday. Hopefully everyone is doing well. If you are not subscribed to this channel, go ahead and hit the subscription button below. Also make sure you uh, hit the notifications button as well so you will know when I go live on this channel. Also, if you would like to stay in contact, make sure you go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, Rhonda underscore Mary or Rhonda Mary Vids. And on Twitter, I am Rhonda Mary. So, hey y'all, come on into the room. Let me know as you come into the room. Hey, King BJ. Today, we are basically going to be talking about this continuous war um, that is happening on speech, um, on the way that we talk. The same people that want to stop the way that we're talking are making up words and changing words and wanting us to subscribe to things that in a lot of ways don't even make sense. And it's this entire um, bullying tactic that's going on that is not only going to be a cultural shift but possibly that is going to um, affect us politically and socially i feel like previously um this has been such a big deal particularly i feel more so during the um Trump administration, this was talked about a lot more because at that time, some of the things that was going on and, you know, you had people that were exposing the lies and kind of talking about some of the things that weren't being told as much in mainstream media um, and were being silenced and banished and, and these different things from um, social media. And so... Sometimes when that's happening, you'll have people get more fierce about going to find the information that they, that they feel like is being hidden from them. So that's why even now you have Alex Jones, who is going through his battles of, you know, what's happened with his censorship. And I believe like Google and the, the ranking and, you know, how that's gone um, and other people as well. So, hey, Edward. Um and so the biggest problem with this is that over time, okay, it makes things backwards. That's one problem with it. Over time, we don't have as much information to, we don't have as much access to real information. And it emboldens people who think, you run in people or run in situations that you aren't or at the very least shouldn't be. So tonight, um, two things that we're going to talk about, these two, two people that I want to talk about um, recently that this is happening, uh, Beyonce, who came out with a new album just days ago, uh, was kind of like under fire, okay? This has been a kind of viral topic over the last couple of days, her usage of the word uh, spaz. So apparently this is a, this word is a slur that I am just learning uh, here that this word is a slur. And so we're going to talk about that. Not only are we going to talk about that, if you don't know, um, there is a young lady who is a commentator, a political, political commentator, YouTuber. I mean, she's a list of things, okay? But um, Kim Iverson, who actually started off as a YouTuber and then she's moved into some other platforms, was recently on The Hill uh, the Hill or The Hill Rising, which is on YouTube, which is a really big platform. Um, it's a more, mm, that's not fair. That's not fair to say that. I was going to say it's like a more sensible, like it's a more serious Young Turks, but I wouldn't even diss them like that because, I mean, I think they're just steps above them for sure. Um... But, you know, a news platform that covers a array of different topics, and she was a YouTuber, ended up 
being on this platform and was recently released because of some of her takes. And so if you don't know who that is, um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But let's start with talking about Beyonce and why she's getting the backlash that she's getting. Why I think this is so ridiculous and a possible um, ramifications of this and what we're seeing. So this is an article with the Washington Post. Beyonce used ableist slur in a new song after uproar she's deleting it. Beyonce used the same word Lizzo removed from a song released in June. Hannah Davini uh, found herself clashing this week with a different music superstar, Beyonce this time, over a different song on a different album, but it was the same word that drew the disability rights advocate into the fray for the second time in as many months. Spaz. In June, Davini's criticism of the ableist slur, at least in part, led Lizzo to apologize and re-release her song Girls Without the Word. In a tweet at the time, Davini, who has cerebral palsy, explained that using the word to describe erratic behavior disparages people who experience actual spasms. Later, Davini would say that by changing the lyric, Lizzo had given us all a masterclass on how to be true and an effective ally. I thought we changed the music industry and started a global conversation about why ableist language, intentional or not, has no place has no place in music. Okay, so this is what she wrote in her piece. Um, on Saturday, Davina was eating dinner with family when she noticed a snarky mention in her Twitter feed asking whether she planned to scold Beyonce to do better as she had to Lizzo. So I can't remember if it was in this article. Um, but, uh, article that I was reading, okay, so let's start here. Lizzo is famous, but Beyonce is on another level, Davini said. The 28-time Grammy winner has spent decades atop the music industry. She's an unrivaled visual and musical storyteller who's always trailblazing artistically and often the blueprint for the music industry. Um, Davini wrote in her heart opinion piece and she used her power to have the word paying attention to the narrative struggles and nuanced lived experience of of being a black woman aware I can only ever understand as an ally and have no desire to uh, overshadow but that doesn't excuse her use of ableist language so anyways this goes on to talk about this and I read a few different articles about this and one of the main articles that I read that I um, actually covered on my Instagram page, Rhonda Mary Viz, if you're not following me over there, basically went on to talk about how in the Black community, in hip-hop, you know, in R&B, how this word has a different meaning. Um, it's talked about how an African-American vernacular English created and used in Black communities, the word means to go crazy or fight, or um, it can mean excitement, it can mean to act hyper, or things like this. Now, context matters. Context is important. Not only that, culture and cultural differences are important, okay? You are not going to greet me the way you would greet somebody in China, okay? Every word in American English doesn't translate to a word in Spanish. This this, this, what we're seeing now is this continued push for this one world, one world, we are the people, we're all supposed to speak, act, and think the same, and begin, begin to blur the lines of cultural differences, and all subscribe to whatever this lower level rabid 
form of progressivism is progressiveness is okay so we are at a point where everybody's running to the bottom everybody's we're literally watching the oppression oppression olympics everybody is running to the bottom to see who can be the quickest to be offended not even considering context because we're to the point where context no longer matters, okay? And your intention doesn't matter. And if people decide that they want to be offended by you, they're going to make it known and they're going to do everything they can to bully you, make you recant, make you change what you're saying. We've seen artists of all kinds have to go on apology tours. Um, I recently talked about Macy Gray, who went on a television show as a grown woman, sat there and said, I absolutely do not believe that you can, you know, remove your body parts and become a woman and know the hurdles of everything that it takes being a woman. I know that this is how I feel. A week later, you're, you're bullied into, oh, well, people can feel and do and just be whatever. Instead of these authentic, genuine things happening, okay, you have a culture that is being socially engineered. And we're watching it right in front of our eyes. So I would say I will make this the comparison from uh, like grassroots to movements that are corporate. When you see something happen in grassroots movements, it, you have people that are being inspired on a small level, on a local level, and things build and things work out and culture changes over time. So it's a top from top to bottom thing. It's a very... Um, very like individual, individualistic inspired movement in a way things happen and the trajectory of that. What we seeing, what we're seeing is people oftentimes, okay, a lot of times with blue checks or they believe they come from certain protected classes of people who feel as though that they can bully others into changing their language, into pretending, <laughs> pretending that they view and see things the same way that you do. Beyonce is possibly the uh, most acclaimed living artist at the time. And for her to have to recant with her level of status should tell people something. You have artists that are being puppeteered. You have artists that are too scared to stand on their own feet. Artists are supposed to express and say things from their own experience and their own feelings, okay? And what I find funny and ironically enough is the same people that, uh, that will find this offensive and campaign and write these articles and bully these artists until they change their language, okay, until they change the verbiage of what they're saying. These same people are totally fine and totally okay with in words, a hundred in words on one song, kill, kill, steal, steal, shoot an in word up. These things are able to stay on the airwave with little to no pushback. And I am not the, I'm a, I'm a nuanced person. I'm not the, oh my God, I'm going to fight to try to get you off the radio person. But I very much can say this is language. This is how language impacts us. Some of these things that are being said, we need to look at the effects of these things, but that's not the same thing as trying to inhibit people from speaking freely. 
I believe that there is a spell in a lot of parts that are going, spells that are allowed to be spoken, things that are allowed to be done and projected, particularly on the Black community, that when other communities feel like that you are crossing a line, now you're going a little bit too far. Now, you know, you're talking about doing this and doing that. Oh, 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 no, no, not slurs against us. I mean, slurs against you or y'all people, you know, that's totally fine because, you know, we don't care anything about that. And that doesn't hurt our feelings or make us feel any type of way. But don't cross this line. Better watch who you're talking to, girl. You can say this, you can say that, but make sure you color in those lines. Make sure you stay in these boxes that we have decided for you. It's completely hypocritical and it should show, it should show people a lot about what people, you know, what people really care about, okay? Not only that, to my understanding, a lot of the complaining about this word is coming from the UK. You know, I don't live in the UK. I don't know how big Beyonce's market is in the UK, but it used to be this thing where people would say that this is the artist's music something to the effect of this is an artist's music and you are able to experience this. You are able to not dictate this, experience this. That's what hip hop was originally supposed to be about. Um, That's what R&B in some ways was originally supposed to be about. Now, a little bit to the people's credit who are complaining is that Beyonce is dipping and dapping and she's trying all these different type of musics and um, three songs in on the uh, new album. And I'm like, yeah, I can, you know, this, this this is an album for the rainbow flag. It's definitely given one and two and three and four in vogue, in vogue, in vogue, in vogue. <laughs> okay? It's definitely giving that. So a little bit to their credit, you know, maybe people do feel like, well, hey, if you're going to come at your lane and start coming over here and you're trying to, you know, do this thing, and pop, pop your little eyes and integrate and change and expand your music and you're going to do it to my liking, then do it all the way to my liking and know how you speaking to me when you speaking to me, okay? So possibly the biggest artist in the world, okay, and you got to pull words, you got to pull words you saying, even though you know what they mean, to make people comfortable. So anyway, and I, I kind of just said this, somewhat is a little jokey joke, or sarcasm, I should say, make sure you're following me on Twitter, if you're not. I said next music artist will be apologizing for using psycho and lame. And somebody sent me this. This is, these people are dead serious. Some ableist words you should probably cut out of your vocabulary because they're ableist. Idiot, idiotic, crazy, differently able. Dumb, insane, lame, moron, psycho, specially able, stupid. There are many more. And if anyone wants to add some, feel free to below. This is the problem. This this is the actual problem. 
it's not necessarily that people start off feeling some type of way. It's that it's never ending. It's never ending. And when I do these stories, you know, people will try to pretend like, oh, you know, you just, you're just making this up in your head. You, you're just thinking it's going to be more than what it is. No, we're watching this happen in real time. This is never ending. This is just the beginning. And when you have people like Beyonce that does that do this, it sets a precedent. It sets a precedent. And the only thing these people want is more and more and more and more. You have so many people out here that are not being fulfilled in their daily lives. They don't have things to do to occupy them. And the most they can do is worry about the words that you are saying online and in your music that they can opt out of buying. And even if they choose not to opt out of buying, you can respect cultural and linguistic differences. This is never ending. So next, how long before they're making Beyonce apologize for songs like Crazy Look, Crazy in Love? Because if we're looking at this by this definition, if a this word is based on, oh, you know, it started with uh Spastic, I think is how you say it. Um, or basically people that have muscle spasms, spasms. Um, and this is offensive to people that actually go through this. Now, every time you use the word crazy, you offensive to people that's in the crazy house. But saying crazy house would be offensive to, I guess, you know. It's never ending. It's never ending. Wherever this cancel culture, everything hurts my feelings. Everything is offensive. This is a very, very slippery slope that has no ending. And that is what I want people to understand. It's not a necessity to be combative or uh, try to hurt people's feelings or go out of your way to hurt people's feelings. It's the fact that you never stop. It's just more and more and more. And every day, people are looking for new and more advanced ways and more progressive ways to be offended. When you have real issues like impending inflation, possible food shortages, um, uh, uh, crime rising, right? All of these other things possible, possibly on the brink of war, okay? Planes about to get shot down over China and Taiwan. <laughs> and people are focused on a culture war. It is so ridiculous and it's no way that anyone can convince me that we aren't being socially engineered and socially programmed to look at cultural issues while they are robbing us blind robbing us blind i'm talking about these people are holding us by our feet and dropping every coin out of our pocket I think we're upwards of $8 billion to Ukraine at this point. We really need to investigate why Congress and Joe Biden, especially with Hunter Biden's previous ties to Ukraine, why they are so hyped to constantly open their purse for Ukraine while Americans are struggling. And then they have people in my generation focused on social things that mean absolutely nothing in the real world. Not only that, it just continues. It's this continuous snowball effect to control and manipulate the masses. This over 
overarching need to constantly control others it's very concerning it's very concerning even to the point when you tell people look like you can be like if you as an adult want to describe yourself as a unicorn by all means please do but what you're not gonna do is make me call you one by all means if you want to teach your children that there's a 50 hundred million genders by all means go right ahead but then when people say we don't want our children learning that then it's all out war you really have some people i put up statistics recently about um black homeschooling and black gun ownership okay you have um black americans outpacing and percentages um uh, outpacing other demographics and becoming the um uh, the largest uh, new, I should say, demographic for these areas. And every time I talk about homeschool, you have people offended. They're offended that you want to teach your own children because they want to control your children and what your children are learning. They want access to your children. As repulsive as I think that sending... Uh, um, young children to drag queen story hour, you know, is odd. And I don't agree with it, nor do I see the reason for it. I'm also not trying to send uh, parents to jail that do that outside of the public school system on their own free time outside of the outside of the systems that our tax funded dollars are paying for okay but some of these people think it's absolutely criminal they think it's abusive for you to want to protect and shield and teach your own children they think it's abusive and offensive for you to continue using the language as is as it's been culturally socially as we've known it to be as it's been documented uh, in, in dictionaries and encyclopedias. These are the people that want to control your language. How is this not absurd? And it doesn't stop. It never stops. I have to keep saying that because I want people to really understand this. Five years maybe three years we're gonna be talking about oh you can't say moron in your song you can't say crazy you can't say idiot that's ableist language because idiots out here exist so you might hurt the idiot's feelings I really want people to stop finding uh, things offensive when people like, like you're not even in the conversation. People not even talking about you nor thinking about you, but yeah. Like, let's do better. I'm sure you have deeper issues and concerns um, to worry about, okay? You have places that literally still uh, make it eat, make it hard for entrance for uh, entry for disabled people, <laughs> like actual accessibility issues, issues that impact your everyday life. And we talk about words in a song, so you know. You have a culture that is being puppeteered by people outside of the culture. What does that say? That's not real culture. That's not real familiarity. That's not actually, you know, 
how we speak, how we do things, when you're allowing others to puppeteer and control how you're able to interact and speak with people. And that's why I say you cannot trust a lot of these entertainers and celebrities to be 10 toes down when all somebody got to do is write an ad about you, about how you hurt their feelings and you're ready to recant. How can I expect you to be real or know you're being serious about real issues and serious issues and you're not just doing it for album sales? You're not just doing it to make sure that you can keep that extra million dollars in your pocket. It's like we cannot ensure that you're a person of integrity if every single time, you know, somebody says, oh, well, this hurts my feelings. And you're just like, well, let me let me say and do what you want me to say and do. Because that's the best way for me to show up and exist in this space as an artist. And that's just looking, that's just looking somewhat culturally and socially. Now let's talk about socially and politically, right? So um, earlier I mentioned you have Kim Iverson, okay? Kim Iverson is a uh, political commentator who uh, started as a YouTuber talking about political topics. Uh, she is a progressive... Um, I don't know if she describes herself as a leftist, as a leftist, um, but she is more left-leaning, um, left, maybe moderate left commentator. Now, something that she has covered extensively on her channel has been COVID. She ended up going to the Ryzen, which is also, um, a very popular um, new show that is available on YouTube. She ends up going to the Rising, and the Rising already knew her political, no, excuse me, already knew her COVID stance before she joined the Rising. And they end up basically, you know, getting rid of her. She exits, whatever. So this is according to the Daily Beast. DC. DC Insider Rag star conspiracy theorist abruptly exits. Two, week, two weeks ago, Kim Iverson claimed she was set to host her own show on The Hill, but now she's gone. Uh, the co-host of The Hill's popular web, web program, Rising, and whom some colleagues have branded a conspiracy theorist, announced on Tuesday afternoon that she is no longer with the show. Her sudden departure comes just a day after the vocal vaccine skeptic publicly grooved about a recent rising episode featuring Chief White House Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci, adding that she wanted to be a part of this interview, and it was a shame I wasn't able to be there to get, uh, get the answers we all deserve. Iverson did not respond to a Christopher comment, and a representative for Nexstar, the parent company of The Hill, declined to come in when asked about her abrupt exit. Iverson has been a fierce critic of Fauci, vaccine requirements, and COVID-19 mitigation efforts. On Monday, she took to Twitter to voice displeasure over not hosting that, morning, that morning's rising. Instead, frequent host Roby, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and Newsweek Deputy Opinion Editor conducted a 20-minute interview with Fauci, responding to a clip from the show's official Twitter account in which Fauci said he's been on the record about his desire to keep schools open during the pandemic. Iverson sarcastically tweeted, where's Kim? Good question. So basically what happens is she was on here like every day as a regular. She was told that she was going to be allowed to be in on the interview with Dr. Fauci. She finds out the day of that they replaced her and they're not having her on. Now, basically, I haven't seen any of her co-hosts come out to um, defend her. I know that their numbers increased over there than, since they've had her own for what I believe to be maybe like a couple of months. 
but of course you had these people that sat here and kind of lowballed, gave, you know, Dr. Fauci these very easy questions. So she has now left and I think she's going to go back to doing uh, YouTube and maybe some other platforms. Why this is problematic, okay, is that I've said time and time again, most people, most Americans, most humans are nuanced. As much as we've been presented this very binary system in the last few years, they've tried to make everything extremely political and polarizing. Even that I believe to be a part of social engineering. They want to remove people that ask questions, present nuance, that want more information, that aren't willing to just jump on board and bandwagon the mainstream media narrative talking points. It is a shame that because, um, you know, Kim Iverson is this progressive, left-leaning person, they are now trying to paint her as a, they have been people that have tried to paint her as a conspiracy theorist, right-winger, Trumper, um, all of these other names that they're going to hurl at you as soon as you don't fall in line with the things that they want you to say and the positions that, you, that, that they want you to take. They were already trying to push her out over there because of her position on COVID, some of the other team members or people that work there, their feathers were getting ruffled. They didn't like it. And now you bring on Dr. Fauci. You don't want people to question him at a time that we should be questioning him. We should be holding him responsible. You had Dr. Burks who recently came out and said, yeah, we pretty much knew that, you know, the vaccine wasn't, uh, you know, we pretty much knew that the vaccine wasn't like all the way up to par, wasn't all the way solidified. But I mean, like we we knew it in advance. And it's like there have been so many lies so much deception, so much manipulation. There is a company, um, there is a group of doctors now, and people are barely talking about this. I believe that this information just came out. There is a group of medical staff, I believe, at a university that just won maybe like a $10 million um, lawsuit because of them not being able to use religious exemptions. Do you think that Pfizer wants you to know that the people that stood up for themselves are now getting their jobs back and going to win money? Do you think the government wants you to know that? Or do you think that the government wants you to be blind so the next time this rolls around, people like you will think, oh, where there's no hope. I don't have a choice. I just have to go along with what everybody is doing. I just, I mean, you know, everybody's doing it, so I'm going to do it. Not even knowing about so many people that stood up for this, themselves, so many people that have questions, so many people that were pushing back on this narrative because of the censorship. Because of people like this getting knocked off platforms, it does not matter what side of the political aisle of the platform that you are on, every news personality, commentator, uh, analyst should ask questions. And we should want that of them. And we should want that encouraged. And we should want healthy debate. And we should not want people censored. Especially, especially not when it's in good faith. And to lose a person of integrity that is willing to ask the tough questions, that is willing to uh, uh, push boundaries of what is supposed to be acceptable in, in 2022, 
these drones that they're trying to create where they want everyone to politically and socially and culturally speak and act and think the same and behave like robots and press their positions and their narratives and their agendas upon us. It has to stop. Somebody has to combat it. And when you can just silence and oust and get rid of and push away people that are truth tellers, that are seeking the truth, that are having high levels of integrity, this is problematic for all of us and all of us should be concerned. All of us should be concerned. And if Dr. Fauci can stand 10 toes down, I hope that's not offensive to those of you out there that have nine or 11 toes. But if Dr. Fauci can stand 10 toes down as a man and stand on his word and the things that he, say, that he says, then why is it so hard for you to answer the tough questions? You shouldn't be scared. You should invite that because what you want to do is you want to help turn the skeptics, not push them away because a person like me, if I'm already having concerns and you don't want the tough questions, you're just going to embolden my skepticism. You're going to embolden a lot of people's skepticism. And I think that's a huge reason of why the whole COVID situation became so polarized is because of when you had people asking the tough questions, wanting more information, asking direct questions, asking for direct information, they would be cool, they would be uh, silenced, they would be censored instead of answered. Now, in your mind, that's going to solidify, yeah, I knew it. I knew something was up. I knew something was right. And in your mind, of course, that's going to solidify. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's exactly how I felt. You're, you definitely are not winning over people that are already skeptical by brushing them off. And so in a time where we're about to face this possible monkey virus outbreak, and they're already, even with the monkey virus, um, trying to sugarcoat, you know what I mean? Sugarcoat the way they're addressing it, barely kind of almost trying to tell people what's going on. We need truth tellers in instances like this to make sure that we're getting information out to the public. Can information change? Absolutely. But a part of that and finding a new information and the understanding of information over time is because of the questions that people ask. And so as it stands, you already have California, uh, what were the three places? Um, it's like three cities, California, three states. Or is it two? It's three states. New York, California, and I can't think of the other state. But you already have three states here. Gonna poss uh, possibly um, calling emergency, state of emergencies for these states because of monkeypox. Not only do a lot of people already have COVID fatigue, but people are gonna wanna make sure that you are telling them the truth. Also, um, also, because we are already in a heightened time of sensitivity, and I believe I believe that the COVID lockdowns increased or exacerbated mental health issues, okay? So you have already some people dealing with this and to throw on anxiety, anxiety about something that we're still getting answers for. As it stands, 98% of the people that are dealing with monkeypox virus 
are men that have sex with other men, okay? Males that have sex with other males, if I need to make it a little bit more specific for you. And about 40% of those, I believe, have HIV. Now, is HIV directly correlated? I'm not exactly sure. It could possibly just be um, a correlation just because of the community that that's mostly affecting right now. But that's mostly where it's happening and from intimate contact. Now, could we find more information over time, you know, uh, yes, this could evolve. And especially as you have a lot of bisexual uh, males and uh, bisexual males could spread that outside of that community, then absolutely, this could absolutely spread and start to affect other populations. But that's where it is. And you have people trying to pretend like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's not true or the way they're characterizing this is not fair. Well, regardless of your feelings about it, that's what the data says. Now, does that mean that this won't spread and change over time? That's what actual science does. Yes, it can change and our understanding of what's going on evolves over time. So that absolutely may happen here. But the job of the politicians, the public officials, the health officials is to be honest with us and give us all of the information that we need, not try to go on a limb or sugarcoat things to protect certain populations when in fact those are the populations you need to be the most honest with because they are the most likely to be impacted it was the same thing when we talked about covid and i very early on talked about how people that were obese and uh 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 had several like diseases or complications so hypertension you know high cholesterol diabetes those type of things right and it will usually be like three or more but i particularly talked about that so obesity and people dealing with those illnesses how they were the most likely to lose their life to covid we saw that remain true. Did other people get COVID? Yes. Did other people die at the rate? No. And that remained true throughout the um, uh, pandemic. And these things should not be offensive to say so we can get down to the bottom of what's happening because what's going to happen, what's possibly going to happen again is you already have states that are going to take full advantage of everything you can do when you put these states in these states of emergencies and they're going to take advantage of more power when sometimes the things that they're doing are very, very unnecessary, but they know the public will go in, go along with it because you have people out here just living in fear and not taking the statistics and the data that we are being given. Even as it relates to monkeypox, okay, there is a, if you want to read the, the actual article and the study, go on nejm.org it is the new england journal of medicine and it has the actual breakdown that you can read in that way you don't have to uh focus or over rely on any commentators um you know sugar coating or opinionated you know, talks about it. You can see for yourself how the numbers weigh, how it's affecting, how it's being um, transmitted, and basically all the other data about it. So with all the things facing the country, 
with all the things facing the country, with all the things facing the society, we need not only do we need truth tellers, but we need people willing to stand up for themselves. We need people that are full, sovereign, autonomous adults that are not willing to be pushed around like little kids on the middle school playground. This is not the playground, okay? You did not get to your big age to still be sitting around letting people bully you into your thoughts, your opinions, your language. It's so sad and it's so pathetic that we've gotten to the point where you literally have adults that cannot stand up for those for themselves and say, I said what I said. I said what I said. This continuing need for people to find a reason to be offended and for their feelings to be hurt, I beg you to find hobbies, to find something that inspires you and makes you feel good, to find people that are on your team that make music and think just like you. Your carbon, your carbon copies and your twins that make the music and the art that you need and you desire and you can listen to without the need to feel like you need to bully them into changing their lyrics and their styles and forgoing things that, they're, that they've said or used uh, in differently different ways or as a part of their culture. It's gotten so ridiculous, and I must remind you, the biggest problem with all of this, the biggest problem is that it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. It's never ending, and if they haven't come for you, you are next. Something that you're doing is ableist, is homophobic, it's racist, it's ageist, it's what all the ists and the isms and the everything that's council culture worthy. And they will run you through the ringer and once they start, they will not stop. And that's why now we have people like Kevin Hart, who makes comedy for preschoolers, who makes a whole comedy show saying, I mean, basically telling you, all right, oh, I, I you know, want to make sure I don't offend anybody. You lose the art. And also, I think something important to note is that you're never going to win everybody over. These people still going to have something to say. Anyway, either way, still going to have something to say. So it makes sense to make the music, make the art for the people that actually support you. Because I promise you, I promise you, there's going to be a rabid progressive out there that is going to, I'm talking about, they're going to go through your stuff with a, a fine tooth comb and find a way until... If, if they have a choice, there is no resemblance of anything about you. It's just a reflection of them. Just robots and zombies and puppets is what they want. Do as I say. That's the culture that, that's the way, that's the direction we're pushing the culture. 
do as I say, don't ask questions, don't think about, don't think outside of the box, don't talk outside of the mainstream talking points, don't go outside of these boxes, don't go, don't draw outside of these lines. And the amount of people that can't see that they're trying to make us all the same while calling it diversity. That's the part that blows my mind. While calling it diversity, but wanting everyone to think and act the same just makes no sense. Just makes no sense. It makes no sense. And so, anyway, but, um, you know, like I said, I really, really appreciated um, Kim Iverson's integrity and her tenacity as it related to COVID and her willingness to ask those tough questions and keep going. I can appreciate, I really can appreciate people that are not cowards. I think it's something really to be said and admired by people that can say a thing, think a thing, and not feel pressured or bullied like a preschooler to change their position. Now, let me be clear. Changing your position is nothing wrong with changing your position. It's nothing wrong with changing your position on your own accord or after or after you've gotten new information. But that's very different, very different from the bullying, the trolling, the censoring, the coercion, the we will make sure you can't feed your family till you correct this and you say what we say. And, you know, we'll run up on stage and try to attack you if, you, if you're Dave Chappelle because you've said stuff that we haven't agreed with. And you actually have some of these people that think violence is okay because of words. They're, they're calling words violence. So even that, how long before people are saying, oh... You know, ableist, ableist slurs, that's violence. <laughs> we're, we're about to skip and a hop away from that. <laughs> so I can really appreciate um, people that are willing to challenge themselves, but also willing to stand on the things that they say when this is the easiest time in history possibly the, one of the easiest times to just be a coward and cower and roll over and bend over and just accept what you're being told to be, do, or say. And so when I see people like that, um, you know, I definitely want to support it, especially, especially, especially when it goes outside of the lines Um of what people try to make us believe exists. So when you will have a progressive that asks questions about the vaccines, when you have people in the LGBT community that are uh, anti-groomers, when you have, um, there's, just two, there's just two examples. Um, but even when you have feminists that are pro-life, like, like these are not people that need to be censored. These are people that need to be shown and highlighted as the fact that don't make people think because you check this one box that there's no nuance that exists or that you have to be whatever straight across the board because, that's just not it. And what happens is, is that not only can they, is it easy to characterize people, mischaracterize and malign people like that, um, because it's easy to say, you know, 
when you see somebody like a Kim Iverson that's standing up for people's autonomy and a right to ask questions, bodily autonomy and a right to ask questions about these vaccines, when you see people like that standing up, it emboldens others that have questions and we're able to make these coalitions and work across the aisle and create these teams and um, get these things done. As opposed to when you mischaracterize these people and you say, oh, that's a Trumper, it just becomes really easy to just write people off and to just try to make people ignore them and to try to make other people that may have the same concerns, but now they're trying to see if the people on their team are willing to stand out or have the same concerns. And now you end up with tons and tons and tons of people that feel like, oh, well, because I have to check this box, I have to check this one. And it's like, no, N no, you don't. You're a free human being. Like you can take the positions on different issues that you want to take, depending on your experiences, your, uh, uh, it could be your, local culture, what part of the, uh, which region of the country you live in, your experiences with your schooling and how you were raised and your family experiences and a host of other things that shape the people that we are and who we become. And so I want to encourage the people out there listening that it's okay. It's okay. Because I still get those emails that say, oh my God, I agree with you and I love what you're doing, but I'm just so scared to speak out. It's okay. You just got to be willing to stand 10 toes down on what you said and not let people back you into a corner and you got to know when you say what you said you felt what you felt and that's just it and we're gonna call it a day Rakim said the greatest threat to propaganda is diversity of thought independent thinkers represent a threat cowardice is rewarded to perpetuate the cycle thanks for your message Miss Rhonda thank you so much uh, Rakim for the super chat. You are absolutely um you are absolutely right. Cowardice is rewarded, and we see this. Um, we see it right in front of us in the media when you have people that will concede or recant and or they'll put them on these humiliation tours where they have to go on this circuit and apologize at every news agency or we'll see oh if you apologize you can get this new movie deal or we won't cancel this you know whatever for you and I don't know it's so sad it's just so sad to watch and it's so surreal it's very dystopian it's very dystopian when I know for a fact you have big grown people out here pretending that there's no difference between a man and a woman because they don't want to quote unquote hurt people's feelings. That's where we are currently in our culture. And that's just one angle and it's going to continue to get worse and worse, mark my words, we're going to check back in three to five years, and we'll see. But it's declining, and it's declining rapidly. So, but anyway, one of the best things um, that a lot of us can do, I believe, in this current climate is to remain truthful and also while letting others know that it is okay um, to do the same. It's okay to ask questions. 
it's okay to ask questions of people we've been told are authority figures. You did not vote for Dr. Fauci, okay? Um, and even people with credentials mess, mess up. And I find it so interesting that some of the same people, some of the same people that think that billionaires are inherently evil will literally turn around and think that politicians and public officials are some type of angels sent by God to them that can freaking do no wrong because they're the experts. Like, what? If anything, money and power can, has the potential to corrupt, and not only people with money and power are corrupt, but I'm just saying, if we are going to put our trust into these people, they have to prove themselves trustworthy, and they need to be willing to face their constituents and answer tough questions. That's the least they can do. And if not, you're going to embolden my skepticism. And how dare you turn around and be mad at me because you don't want to answer the questions. That's just what it is. This just makes sense. And it doesn't make you a bad person for wanting to get down to the bottom of the answers. But anyway, y'all, thank you for joining Thank you for the super chat. If you are not subscribed to this channel, make sure you go ahead and hit that su subscription button below. Also, with turning on the notifications so you get a notification when we go live. Also, let's keep in touch. Make sure you go ahead and give me a follow over on Instagram at Rhonda underscore Mary. Also, my backup page, Rhonda Mary Vids. You can also find me on Twitter at I am Rhonda Mary. And we will be talking soon. Y'all have a good night. Bye.